Welcome to Bestie Action Packed, a podcast mini-series where a couple of besties sit down and engage in insightful conversation about cultural identity, academic experience, career exploration, and leadership development. These wide range of topics all explore the experiences of first-generation Latinx college students at Georgia State University. Hi, I'm your host, Alba. And I'm your host, Sarah. Also joining us today is Joshua De Luna. And today we're joined by Miss Jennifer Chow. Uh, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Jennifer Chow. I am the program manager for civic engagement at Galeo. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. We're excited to talk with you. Uh, well, as Sarah just said, I'm super excited to have you here. Before we get started, we're going to have a little icebreaker, break the ice, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, this week, we're going to be talking about things we're looking forward to today. We're going to keep it really happy and optimistic. Um, I can start because I'm already speaking, but I'm going to a concert later today. I'm all dressed up in my getup. I'm going to go to Hella Mega. It's Weezer, Fall Out Boy, and Green Day. And I've listened to Green Day. I mean, I've listened to all of the bands for a long time, but Green Day specifically, I'm like, I'm going to go over the moon. Like, I'm going to tears. There's good thing they're the last ones because I'm going to look like a hot wreck by the time they get Like, oh, my God. I'm Wait, so excited. That literally just reminds me, like, when was the last time you went to a concert like I don't think I can remember me? the last time I went to a concert the last time I went to a concert was oh my god I have to look I, I think it was like I, 20 I think, I think I went in like the very beginning of 2019 I think you I remember you going like but I went like 2019 at the end oh, okay of like it. before right like before literally the I think ended. it was like a November <laughs> November of 2019, because I remember I went to New York January 2020, right before everything shut down. Yeah, right? And Yikes. the concert, the last concert I went to, I think it might have been a... Pull like, up the pics. It might have been... The last concert I went to, you guys, is a little... um, Like, what are they called? Battle... Not Battle of the Bands type event, but it was a Bernie Sanders rally in March 7th of 2020. Oh, who performed? It was it was like local bands. Oh, I don't okay. remember honestly. They I, were all remember, really good. It had comedians and bands. I remember like at one of his rallies. I think it was like Vampire Weekend performed, and I was oh, like, yeah, oh my like god, New, that's so fun. It was like in New York, probably. It was probably New York because yeah. I know um, John Mulaney and the Strokes just did a campaign event yes, for the mayor for the New York did. mayor. Oh, so oh my jealous. god, so jealous. That's fun. I literally can't remember the last time I went to a concert. That's <laughs> that's all I've been thinking about. Just. I guess, okay, I guess my thing that I'm looking forward to since we're talking about concerts, I'm going to a concert in September, I think. Ooh, ooh, it's ooh. a small band. They're called Honey. I don't know if you guys know Is them. it H-U-N-N-Y? Yes, oh, my is. God. A good girl. I might get tickets to that. Oh, you should go. I'm I really there. like them, yeah. actually. They're so good. Um, Let's go, Honey. Yeah, we should. What genre is that? Um, they're kind of like indie indie okay. rock. Uh, not even really rock. I wouldn't say rock, yeah, wouldn't but say very rock. like indie pop. Yeah. But they're really good. I really like they them. They are. Yeah. They're a fun band. I saw them like years and years ago when they like opened up for another one of my favorite bands. And then they... Who? 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 The Neighborhood. Oh. Um, when I wow. wake up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. And then I think they... Oh, they were supposed to be at a music festival that got canceled like during the pandemic Ooh. and um and yeah now i got tickets to see them i think it's like september if i'm 
I'm going to look it up right now. Um, if I'm not mistaken, but I guess that's what I'm looking forward to. Josh? I'm looking forward, well, since we're on the topic of music <laughs> stuff. You kind of got into like concerts <laughs> and music. Um, I am looking forward to Bonnaroo this year. Oh, oh, I forgot that was happening. Who's the headlining again? Um, Lana Del Rey, uh, Megan The Stallion. It's um, who's the third? Do you know the? I don't third? recall, um, but I know Yeji is gonna be there, and that's gonna be so much fun. Um, dang. I just I just know that like Bonnaroo is gonna. Be, I I have fun at Bonnaroo no matter who's on the lineup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, fun at Bonnaroo. And this year it starts on my birthday. <gasps> Oh really? Yep, it starts on well September second. A little 2nd. birthday week, a little fun birthday weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, September second to September fifth. Mark your calendars. It is. Wait, it got it got <laughs> Josh's pushed. birthday. Yeah, so it's it got pushed back. It's usually like in early June. Oh um, okay. Which is kind of terrible because it's always like a hundred degrees out there. This is so. And I'm excited because it's this, gonna be cold at night. <laughs> this is so funny because we're recording this before it, like the episode launches, so like you're gonna be back from Bonnaroo by the time we upload. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to think about. Well, this I just is, like, realized that we're, yeah, we're literally funny. talking to our future selves, so that's fun. Well, oh, future wow. Josh, I hope you have had fun at Bonnaroo. Yeah, <laughs> manifest it now. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I think for me, I mean, I'm going to switch it up, honestly. Cause, switch it up. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Do it, please. I think for me, honestly, I'm looking forward to going to Chicago again. Um, Ooh, yeah, fun. so it's going to be like my third time. But I honestly can't get tired of that city. It's so beautiful. Um, also, I have an aunt, uh, like family that lives over there. So I'm hoping to go visit them. They live in Indiana, but literally 30 minutes away yeah. from the city. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to kind of kayaking again in Michigan Lake, one of the most Aww. beautiful views I've ever seen in my life. And I've gone to New York, y'all. <laughs> 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 don't get me wrong. I like New York and everything, but Chicago is just, I don't know. It what do you a mean New York? You've been to Atlanta. <laughs> a girl, yeah, I grew up here. What do you mean? <laughs> I was going to yeah. ask, what, where are you going to Chicago? Where? Why? Oh, why? Um, honestly, I want to go see my aunt. Um, she's really old, and I feel like um, she really deserves people to visit her, honestly. Aww. She's always at home. So, um, you know, I'm always thinking about her, praying about her and everything. So I just really want to go visit her and just hopefully, like, maybe just invite her out to eat and things, you know? So Sending good <laughs> so vibes sweet. to your aunt. Thank you. Thank That's you. Really sweet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I hope you have fun. Thank you. That all Thank sounds you. fun. We have a lot of things to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I guess it's, it's this is like such a drastic change um, from like a year ago during this time because I don't know. Now I feel like I don't want to be like that person's like, oh, things are going back to normal because I don't I don't think they are. But mm. I think like we're we're able to like look forward to things more rather than like a year ago when we really didn't know it was happening and we were at home and we were just kind of like waiting to see like what was going to unfold so it feels nice to to like have something to be like oh I'm excited for this after like over a year and a half of like not not being excited for anything i think we've all also realized that we're excited about like some of the smallest things like even just like going to a lake you know yeah or just going to the park <laughs> yeah for sure for sure <laughs> well jennifer maybe we can go ahead and kind of get into to you a little bit because <laughs> we're all excited yeah, to um kind of like have you 
talk to us about leadership development, which is the topic of today's podcast. Um, so can you just t- like tell us a little bit more about like your position at Galeo? Like how did you get there? Kind of like what you do day to day? Yeah, of course, of course. So um, just to give you a a little bit of my background, um, I've actually been working with nonprofits since I was 17 years old, basically right out of um, high school. um, I've worked with several marginalized communities, such as like with the refugee community, African-American community, Latinos. um, And so it's kind of crazy how I came to Galeo because right before that I had actually just graduated from state and I was cleaning houses. (laughs) (laughs) I was cleaning houses and I was like, Oh my gosh, I need a job. Like I need a job, job. Like, don't get me wrong. I loved working with my mom and everything, but the woman is, she's she's heavy. Okay. Shout out to Jennifer's (laughs) mom. (laughs) And so my brother, he was actually working for one of the organizations in the Metro Um, Atlanta area and he recommended me to apply it was for the DeKalb County coordinator position and I was like okay sure why not Um, so I applied and everything and got the job within the month I actually was promoted to um, program coordinator which I am now program manager Um, that's kind of how it started and it's crazy to um, say this, but the way I actually got the promotion was um, Jerry Gonzalez, our CEO, called me when I was in Washington, D.C. for a training for voter registration. It was a really extensive training, very um, hard, but um, it was really fun, honestly. Um, he ended up calling me. I was about to get on the plane and said, hey, like, um, how would you feel about basically taking over this program? And in my head, I was like, I'm barely learning about DeKalb County. Like, <laughs> you know, I grew up my, my whole life in Gwinnett County and I'm having to learn about DeKalb. But I was like, you know what? If the if the opportunity presents you know, itself, why not take it, right? Um, we talk about manifestation. That's one of those things that I had to like really tell myself. It's like, you're in good hands. Like, And so that's kind of how everything started. Um, I've recently been running um things for redistricting process um for get out to vote um voter registration and also in the past i was doing census work as well last year um and i worked for every single election we're talking about primaries um we're talking about the runoffs we're talking about general elections that's all out of order but (laughs) (laughs) but um long story short it was um very very um amazing year and because of that, we were able to um, break Latino records, you know, voting records here in Georgia. And I'm forever grateful for the team that I have for that. So That's so great. Could you tell us more about redistricting in Georgia right now? <laughs> yeah, so there's... Definitely a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, As you know, I'm I'm not sure if you guys have heard, but um, there's this saying like, draw your lines, kind of, where um, for redistricting, it's tricky. It's very, very tricky, right? We're um, going to public hearings where um, I actually attended one here a few weeks ago at the Capitol. Um, Unfortunately, it was the only one in Atlanta um, at that time. I believe that they just released new dates um, and new locations as well. But at that time, it was um, kind of frustrating because it was so limited. And the thing is that we want it to be um, language accessible, right, to all our people. Um, I love that one of um, 
our organizers in our community, she actually went up and started to speak in Spanish. And it even threw me off because I had no idea she was going to do that. And then she was like, right? You guys didn't like that. You see how our people feel now. And I was like, whoa, like, I feel like that made such a huge statement. So with the whole redistricting process, our goal is to make it accessible to our community because they it's supposed to be, right? It's a public thing where people should be involved. But unfortunately, they're just not involving everybody. And so that's something that we are working on as well. It almost feels like it's intentional that they're not involving Exactly. People, so. <laughs> and that is why we are present. You know, we have to be present. We've been present. Um, the black community has been present. And I mean, it's great and all that we are, but we want our people, like, you know, people who are literally living in these communities to be there as well. We're advocating for them, but we're advocating for them to be there as well. Yeah, that's super important. And a lot of the advocacy that you do has to deal with making things such as voting and redistricting just accessible, like mm -hmm. language accessible. Because I remember the first time I actually met you, I was doing the the election protection yeah it was mm -hmm. like i signed up to just be kind of like the assistance um if you guys want to look into that reach out yeah. to jennifer reach out and, to me. <laughs> and um <laughs> it's just to help with making just voting more accessible people with maybe don't want to don't feel comfortable going into the elections offices or just mm -hmm. um poll places because there's nobody who speaks spanish and i thought that that was such a good opportunity that I was so excited to be there. And that was the first time I ever met you, um, which is funny because now I like work kind of. Yeah, yeah, you. of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to elaborate more on that point with our whole election protection, like I mentioned, I've only been at Galeo for a year and I think like eight months. So um, I was literally learning every single thing last year. And I'm glad that I really threw myself out there and really desired you know the learning process because um it's not easy and as she was mentioning we had a whole election protection group um of volunteers to go out and help us at the polling locations it is very crucial and i think a lot of people don't understand is that you are allowed a translator at every location in georgia what is not um permitted is Spanish um, accessibility or any other language, right? And the any other of the counties except Gwinnett County, um, they are the only ones that are required to have Spanish um, material. Yeah. So for us, it was very very important to have volunteers who are bilingual to be out to be present, and it really helped in the long run because we did run into a lot of voters that didn't understand that the voting locations that they were at wasn't their actual voting location and so we helped them figure out exactly where they can vote um, any issues if they weren't even on the my voter page then that's something that we also addressed i was part of an election protection um committee so every time an issue came up i would basically present it to one of the head people of that committee and she would resolve that issue for us so having that group really um it really makes a difference in, during the election process. I can imagine. I can imagine how many people just simply don't have, like, the right information or don't know how to access the information when it comes to voting. And like you were saying, like, going to the wrong, like, polling place. Like, yeah. you get there and they just turn you away. They're like, this isn't your district or this isn't your polling location. Bye. Like, they don't mm -hmm. even help you find out where it is. So exactly. I think that is so important to have people there that are 
like willing to volunteer their time because I think it's such an important cause. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And issues do come up so much. I was just thinking about the time um, where I was working election protection in front of the Gwinnett elections office and this cop comes up to me and is like, you can't be here. And I'm like, Yes, I can, because I've I've spoken with Jennifer. She has <laughs> told me the laws of the land, and I know that I'm not breaking any. And it's just shocking how often our communities will be policed in this manner. Like, we are just trying to provide them accessibility just to vote, like, the very simplest of rights that we have. And here we are being, like, threatened. Like, this cop was like, I'm sorry, but like, if you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to have to take action. I'm like, are you going to arrest me for standing out here in a little um, orange sash that says election protection? Habla espanol. Like, what do you? Yeah. It's, it's just crazy how it's con- we're constantly being policed in this way. And we just just for trying to be a resource to other people. Yeah, no, definitely. And as you guys could see, you know, the result of the election now a whole bunch of voting suppression bills were introduced and unfortunately SB 202 was passed. Um, It was very sad and heartbreaking to hear that that was going to be passed because now that means that we are kind of now like a whole step backwards and we have to work now 10 times harder than what we already working, right? Because we already work hard and diligently. And the thing is that now we have to go out into our community and really express the importance of them going out to vote and making sure that they stand up for themselves because they have that right to vote and they should be able to express that, you know? So that's kind of why, um, they think that that was going to stop us. That's not going to stop us at all. If anything, that made us stronger and more united with all of the other organizers that are around Georgia. Are you able to just elaborate quickly, like what that bill entails for people who might not know exactly? Yes, yes, definitely. So SB 202 has actually um, limited a lot of voting locations, early voting time. So as you know, a lot of our community works almost every single day. And sometimes the only day that they have available are Sundays. Sometimes the only day they have available is Saturday. Unfortunately, they've limited a lot of those locations and times that now they're not even permitting certain locations um, for Saturday and Sunday. Um, I know a lot of churches also would rent out like a bus and take people into that, you know, have people get on the bus and go to the voting location. I know my church did that personally. My pastor, he encouraged all of our um all of the congregation to go and vote. And he did just that, you know, he made sure that everybody went out and um, got the chance to vote. So that's one of the few things that are um, kind of, uh, how do you say it? Just kind of difficult to really take in, you know, cause the, it's, it just sucks to say, but they're limiting a lot of um, just the, how do you say it, locations. They're also limiting, like, the uh, drop boxes, the timing of them. And if you know, you know, our community, like, again, they don't even get out of work maybe until, like, 7 or 8 or even later than that. And now they're wanting to put the drop boxes inside of the buildings, which most buildings close, I believe, at 5 p.m. Wow. Wow. Correct me if I'm wrong, but do they also limit or just completely ban people from handing out food water yes i'm so glad you brought that up yeah um so that is something that was in discussion as well um they are not allowed to 
um, hand out any water, like beverages, any snacks um, in the line. Typically, you'd see a lot of organizations that just do that, right? Um, and that's because it's hot outside sometimes. Sometimes those it's, lines too are and like they're ridiculously long. long. Yeah, they're ridiculously long, and so. Um, Part of our job actually was to ensure that the line was actually moving um, and to make sure that everything inside was functioning well and no um, fraud or anything of that nature was um, happening. But, yeah, it was correct. You know, there was a lot of um, discussion about snacks and beverages, and unfortunately, we're not allowed to pass them out anymore. That's so ridiculous. And it I mean, it just goes to show that built like bills like this are really just targeting communities in which yeah. people kind of vote on the weekends because that's when they have time and in those areas where the lines are longer um for reasons we we all kind of know about um <laughs> voter suppression um but yeah that's that's really sad but i'm but i'm glad that you're saying it's it's something that has made you guys stronger in oh, the yeah. process so at least that's something that's good to hear it's like like more fuel to to keep fighting. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. So Jennifer, like, what would you say inspired you to start getting into this type of work? Yeah, so um, you know, I did mention earlier that I started working when I was seventeen. But to be honest, um, I've actually been <laughs> working with my community and everything since I was very small, um, church wise. You know, like. We would always be involved with just community services, volunteer things, um, things like that. And to me, so it's kind of something more natural than anything. Um, but I think what encourages me to keep going is to really define community. To me, community means unity. So um, I, I love all types of cultures, religions. I, I love everybody. <laughs> um, and I think that along the way, I have been teaching myself, my family, and my friends the importance of loving one another, the importance of being there for one another, because although, yeah, I was born and raised in Georgia, I already find that as privilege, right? And because I find that as privilege, that kind of like, you know, flicked on the light in my head and said, hey, well, okay, a lot of your friends aren't in the position that you are. I had a lot of friends who are undocumented a lot. And I think back then I actually didn't even understand what that meant until I really started going to college and seeing it more and hearing about it more. Um, personally, I didn't grow up in anything that had to do with the political scene. Um, but teaching myself that really brought um, a lot of insight and it really like kind of just grabbed me and said, okay, you need to learn more about this, right? So I think that's kind of how it started for me. Um, and the most amazing part is that my siblings as well are into that, and so are my parents. So it really, as a family, as a whole, we encourage people around us to do just the right thing to be there. And I don't know, it's just, it's just really amazing when, I always say this, but I'm like, sometimes with the, um, with the passion that you have for people, it's like, even the smallest wins, like, are s such a victorious, like, celebration because you could be simply just, like, having a conversation with uh, – let me give you a very great story. I actually <laughs> um, uh, was working here at the federal building. I already forgot what it's called. But basically, we were doing naturalization ceremonies, and this one woman comes up 
And I was like, hey, do you want to register to vote? She was like, yes, I want to register. And so she registers, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, congratulations, you know, on your naturalization. She gives me like the biggest hug and starts crying. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> I'm a cancer. So like I'm emotional You'll already. I did. I cried for her. And she said, I waited 30 years for this moment. And wow. those Aww. are the moments. I didn't even know who she was. Those are the moments that I always like remind myself, like, this is exactly why you're doing what you're doing. And yeah, yeah so just making that difference in somebody's life and you I'm only one person right now imagine all the other people that have made a difference in other people's lives that's so beautiful that's yeah. a beautiful story thank Goosebumps. you for sharing oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course of course <laughs> and I love that you really emphasize that helping your community is really easy when you just love your community yes yeah. it's like second nature it's mm -hmm. just something that you'll inherently do and I also really enjoyed that you brought up the point of privilege because I think a lot of the time, especially as like Latinx, first gen, we kind of push aside the privileges that a lot of times we're born into, the privileges that we have. One of my favorite job interviews that I ever had, shout out to William Brito. He's a, <laughs> he works here at Georgia State. He asked me, just tell me what your privilege are, privileges are. What wow. would you say wow. you're privileged in? And I was like, I'm ready for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and it's just like i think that's a good exercise for anyone to really understand like where you are and like what work still needs to be done just take a look at your privileges and where you are in your own community yeah definitely and, and i think like since we're on this topic of leadership like understanding the privileges that you have and using those privileges to help people like is a quality of a leader because it takes you being able to recognize the privilege that you hold and using that like for good and using that to help like underrepresented and marginalized groups because that's what we need more of and I think that's so important and you and you mentioned how you know like your siblings and your parents and and your friends have all been encouraging you know people within your community also to to kind of participate and that's also like like um, like immense leadership quality there like that just shows how much of a leader you are within your community and outside of it as outside of it as well because you're you're inspiring other people to to do the work and i think that's so important as well thank you I appreciate and that's what makes jennifer such a good leader and i know you lead um what, part of your responsibilities at galeo involve with the canvassers yeah you talk about that <laughs> of course um so currently we have almost close to 50 canvassers. I think it's about like 48 of them. Um, they are all located in Hall County, Gwinnett County, Cobb County, and DeKalb County, which are the four main counties that we work with because those are the most dense, um, Latino dense. And so that is something in itself. <laughs> I love them. I really do. They do amazing work. Um, one thing I actually forgot to add was that we also did a whole vaccination outreach program as well. Oh, wow. And, um, we had massive goals and, you know, you know, we were blessed to have been able to have met everything. But the canvassers just do so much work, you know, because of the pandemic, we had to transition from going in person to now doing phone banking and text banking. But nonetheless, that did not stop us. Um because we also had that election protection program, which they were able to be involved with as well. Um, but we are 
slowly transitioning as well into in-person so now we're doing kind of like events at plaza fiesta we're canvassing we're going door to door knocking um just kind of encouraging people to get out to vote um for this upcoming election and yeah i mean they 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 really are um just amazing also we are looking um to hire where i'm hiring right now um in six different counties added on to the four counties so anybody that's interested can definitely reach out to me and um i will definitely give them as um the information that i can provide to them that's so awesome reach out to jennifer if you're interested <laughs> in canvassing it's such an important thing it's yeah. jchow at galeo.org yes <laughs> j-c-h-o-w at galeo.org <laughs> oh you know i would have spelled it c-h i mean c whoa c-i-a-o <laughs> yeah that's exactly i've i've oh i've gotten it so many different ways <laughs> yeah also another thing that i wanted to add was our four um full-time coordinators um being able to manage them and the canvassers of course the way that it sounds it is stressful sometimes but it's it's so rewarding to know that you're able to work with people who share the same passion as you. So they did a really, really amazing job last year. And honestly, because uh, to them, you know, we were able to break those records that I mentioned earlier. That's really amazing. And I think it also speaks to your qualities as, a, as somebody who can lead other people and like them being able to do that work is a reflection of you also knowing how to be a great leader for them so i think that's also important to know as well thank you yeah <laughs> so how has being a community organizer kind of impacted other areas of your life so other ways that it's impacted me is um this is this might sound crazy but it's it's really livened my um how do you say it my everyday life really I look forward to actually working. And, and that's not to say that the other organizations that I work with, I didn't, but I, I sense this um, happiness in me. Um, you know, when I was working for those other nonprofits, I was actually coming here to stay all those years and it was very stressful. It was a lot going on. <laughs> I'm sure as you guys know, you know, working and going to school is not the easiest thing. I don't care what nobody says. It's not easy. <laughs> and so, um, I think I was lacking a lot of personality and being given the opportunity and to be trusted with it. I think that says a lot, um, especially from our CEO, Jerry has trusted me with so much. And I'm honestly still shocked till this day that I, I was trusted with so many programs and so many opportunities and so many people really, you know, to be in charge of it's really changed my life for the better. And not only like with work, but my lifestyle in general, I, I'm just really grateful for all the little things, you know, um, and it sounds cheesy, but really when you're in that stage and you're in that mindset, you really start to notice all that other stuff, like, you know, materialistic things in school and this and that, it just doesn't matter. You know, it's really about the happiness that is inside of you and the passion that you hold for the work that you're doing. That's really great advice too. I think a lot of people kind of get stuck in that, like, oh, I can't be happy at work, or I I don't necessarily, like, love what I'm doing, and and I think it's so important, like, your your passions are what your work, like, is what you're working in, and I think that's, like, that's just, like, so fun. It must be, <laughs> it must be like, fun to 
to kind of be a part of that and be making change but like also at the same time that's your job yeah so no I I definitely like wanted to add to like I graduated with a criminal justice degree so keep in mind that this is not even something I actually studied um and I was interning at the Gwinnett County Juvenile Court and just thinking wow I love working with children this and this and that and I'm like not just love working with people, you know, <laughs> in general, no matter what position I'm in, it's the fact that I'm able to make that difference, whether it's in a child's life or an adult's life. You know, I, I don't really care. It's as long as I'm doing something not for myself, but for somebody else. And going off of that, you love your job. You love what you do, which is such a blessing, yeah. honestly. But with that also comes a work life balance oh yeah you keep that (laughs) and because I know we spoke a few weeks ago just casually of course and talking about how sometimes as natural born leaders do (laughs) have the tendency to be a little bit of a workaholic (laughs) so what do you do to keep that work balance work-life balance Wow, that's a really great question. <laughs> I put you on the spot because I know last week you yeah. were like, I stayed in this office till 9 p.m. I did. I did. And I keep doing that and I got to stop doing that. <laughs> no, but um, wow. Yeah. So the way that I keep my balance is, and it, and this is not something I have mastered whatsoever. I'm still working on it, if I'm being honest. But I think my work-life balance has really consisted of me um resting better first off um going to sleep early right i've i've realized the older i'm getting it gets worse and i'm like yeah you really have to take care of yourself um exercise you know that as well and just really putting boundaries um boundaries as to when to stop sometimes i come out of the office or wherever i'm at just drained and then i i I tell myself, I'm like, okay, that's not okay either. You know, like you really have to take care of yourself because if you don't, like you can't honestly lead, you know, as a professional, like you really have to consider all the um, pros and cons, right, of being a leader. So some of the pros, of course, is being able to be there and be present and be leading your team and managing. But then the cons are overdoing it. And so for me, my self-care consists of just – I don't know, sometimes watching TV, listening to music, (laughs) going out just for a walk. Today, I literally took two walks because I was like, (laughs) yeah, I was like, I'm going ham. And I was like, "Okay, girl, put it down and go walk, you know. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, those are the little things that I do for myself. You had one normal walk and then one walk across campus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you go. There's my third walk, actually. Yeah, there there you go. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) No, but I'm so important or I'm so glad that Alba ask that because I think it's so important to 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 note that it it can be hard to have a work-life balance especially when the kind of work that you're doing is so important and is so meaningful it like you are essentially kind of devoting your life to it and it can get hard to be like okay like I know like I'm passionate about this I know this is important work but I need time to reset I need time for myself because like you literally mentioned like it's it's hard to be to lead when you are not also taking care of yourself. And I I think that's so important, especially in this day and age when it just feels like 
society is like work 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 yes um so i think that's i'm so i'm so glad that alba asked that because i think that's so important to touch on i think it's ironic that i asked that because i (laughs) the part of i left out of the conversation was that we were bonding yeah (laughs) over that (laughs) that's true we were bonding over being workaholics but i kind of just was like how how are you doing since that conversation (laughs) no i'm doing great honestly yeah it's just um i'm glad that we had that conversation actually because i remember I mean, it was only two years ago, but still, I remember how hard it was being in college and keeping up with your grades and then work. And then I lived all the way in Gwinnett. So, like, I was, you know, transportation, you know, it's I just gave her a high five. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Transportation is. um, Yeah. I don't even want to talk about that. It's draining in itself. It's so draining. (laughs) Yeah. And so um self-care honestly is something that i constantly talk with my team about because it's actually a constant reminder for myself right to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and it's funny because you think that because we're working remotely like everything's chill that is so far from that it's so far like i did not i didn't even realize that pivoting from you know being in person to remote would have added out even more work you yeah. know yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel i think college students can yeah. relate <laughs> i feel honestly with you guys i feel so bad because i'm like the whole point of college you want to experience yeah. it you know and unfortunately you guys all of last year had to go through that whole the whole pandemic i i and i keep saying this i was like i think students went through it the worst honestly because I think for you guys, um, and even for little kids and stuff, it, yeah. this is their time to socialize. This is your their time, you know, to be yourself, to be with other people, you know. So, and and not to mention too, just like the that switch from being remote, whether it be working or in school, like blurs the it like blurs the lines between like work and home and school and home. Mm-hmm. Because before, like your home life was separate from work and your home life was separate from school. And so you could kind of leave your, your work worries or your school worries at school or at work and come home. And that's like, your relax, like that's time to relax and be away from all that. But because of this remote, remote learning and remote working now, it's, it's blurred those lines. So I, I, at least for me, like, I feel like this past year doing like working from home and, um, like doing like remote learning, I just consistently felt stressed out. Like at home, I felt drained all day at my house. Like, it's just like, you can't, like you can't escape. Yeah, no. <laughs> I believe that. Um, yeah. For me personally, like when we actually went remote, I was li- still living at my parents' home and you know, just a little background. <laughs> I was born and raised in that room, everything, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. so for me, my bed was literally, I don't even think it was like an inch away, honestly, <laughs> or a foot away. It was just so close to my desk. Everything was there. And I felt so like choked up. Like, I don't know how to explain it, you know, like claustrophobic yeah. in a yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, and my house is old. So like there are no heaters there are no ACs. Like that didn't exist in my home. Like, so it was hot in my room. It was a lot to take in. Um, you know, thanks to God, like now I'm able, to, I'm living on my own and stuff, but like it, I, that's what I'm saying about that whole privilege thing. I even living in that small room, that's already enough for me to have been like, well, you know, I at least have that yeah so. for sure mm-hmm. living on your own and you have that nice car too <laughs> if, if this was like n- not just audio i would insert a picture of jennifer's car i was in it a few weeks ago man thank you 
She's on the come up. She's making that galeo money. <laughs> oh my goodness. So Jennifer, um, I do. I have a question. So I, um, I moved to Atlanta during the during quarantine. It was in the middle of a pandemic. I'm in school. I also have a job uh, working at a fondue restaurant. <laughs> um, how? How would you recommend someone get involved, especially someone who like maybe had moved to somewhere new, get involved in their community, at least like in a new space while they're busy, too? Yeah, definitely. Um, I love this question. So ways that you can get involved, honestly, is first analyze what do you love about um, volunteer work? Right. Like, why do you specifically want to do it? Um, I understand that sometimes school gets in the way and I definitely understand that work gets in the way, but that's the best part about volunteering. There are no certain hours to volunteer. (laughs) You simply go and you say, I want to volunteer. And you say, these are my hours. Like these are things that I'm most passionate about, or, you know, I want to learn about. It may not even be something that you have any clue about. That's completely fine. You know, just putting yourself out there because I think the most important um lesson is that you learn right along the way Uh, you're not going to know things off the bat and i think that's the best thing about volunteering is that along the way you start to learn well do i like doing this do i not you know a lot of the leaders that are actually here in georgia if you hear their story come from a background of volunteering and i know one specific leader that he started as a volunteer and now is literally one of the head of the departments in that organization. So you never know where volunteering is actually going to take you. And my advice is take it, take your time, right? Take your time and have fun with it. Honestly, have fun with it. Go out and do different types of volunteering. You know, you could be uh, working at a, what are they called? Like a co-op, like where you serve food and things. Um, you could even go volunteer at churches. A lot of churches do um, work with different organizations across Georgia. My church personally does a lot of that. Um, you know, you think that, oh, because it's church, it's all religious. I promise it's not that <laughs> way at all. My church, we have a mission Sunday, which is to go out and just talk to our community, to be out there, be present. And um I honestly was like, this is the best part about Georgia. So many opportunities, so many opportunities, especially in the Atlanta metro area. There are so many organizations that focus um, on different things. You know, some organizations have different departments. So if you want to just one day, I don't know, volunteer with the AAPI community, Go ahead and, you know, do some research on it. Hey, what organizations do that? What organizations work with the Muslim community? What organizations work with, I don't know, the Latino community? Things like that. So I would just say take your time, do research, have fun, go out and just um, experience, experience life. Because that is honestly just a blessing in itself is getting to experience something you have literally no clue about. I think that's I think that's such good advice because I feel like it can be it can be overwhelming to be like, where do I even start? Like there's so there's so many like options. There's so many organizations. But I think just like you said, like it starts somewhere, like find one interest that you might like feel like you want to be a part of, whether it's planting trees, uh, like exactly whether it's like um, like I think 
we have like some free fridge networks in the Atlanta area. Mm -hmm. So even if it's just like dropping off food at like some free fridges and like figuring out like, oh, like I want to get more involved with this. And I just think it's just it's I guess it's like you were saying, just you start small, like start start with an interest, start with something that like strikes just strikes you um, as something that could be fun and c- roll with it, like you said, yeah. and try many and like try different things because the first one doesn't have to be the one that you stick with. And another thing to take on account is you have no idea who you're going to meet. You really have no idea. I've met amazing people through volunteer work. And when you hear their story and where they came from, like, wow, like it really like shocks you sometimes and it takes you back and it's like, OK, like. Yeah, <laughs> this is really cool to get to meet like people you, you know, total strangers. And now you're having this conversation about your life and their life. And sometimes you have no idea if this person's ever maybe going to offer you an opportunity, maybe where they work at or maybe an opportunity to intern, things like that. Like you have absolutely no idea. That is so true, too. I hadn't even thought about like meeting people who might even have like different positions. Yeah, that like they potential. tell you about. That's mm-hmm. that's so true. That's so true. And then not just that, like when you meet people who are have the same passions as you, it's just always like I find that you make a lot better friends when you're in those spaces (laughs) when you you can kind of just bond over your shared love of community outreach and um, helping people. Definitely. I agree. Mm -hmm. I would imagine like you leave you meet lifelong friends in those types of situations it's not just friends it's like almost like co-workers where you're actively fighting for a shared goal exactly exactly and I think um if I could give a great example of um my leadership now my church has asked me to be an outreach coordinator for them in the Norcross area and that's literally this is the craziest thing that is actually one of the areas I have been kind of just praying about like just talking about like to myself (laughs) and just being like you know there's there's so much work that still has to be done you know specifically in that area and when my um young adults pastor came up to me and asked me to be that I was like whoa like (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you yeah and like just being part of that like now like moving forward I, I can't wait to make those changes that I've been longing for because I grew up in the North Cross area and I know the need that it, that is there, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> that's really amazing. Congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> well, so I guess I'm just going to look up, look up some opportunities, some like just volunteer hours and just sign up with for what? Yeah, like, st- yeah, just, just start somewhere. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> be a canvasser hey. for Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> <Plug>. hiring. <laughs> Is there something that you like specifically want to talk about? Yeah. That we might have missed. Yeah. Um no, I mean nothing specifically as far as like my work. Just more of like encouragement to just really believe in yourself. Um you know, I'm only five feet tall, but trust me, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot in me and a lot of energy that, um, you know, I put out there and just really believing in the work that you're doing and being confident. And this is honestly the first time I'm really confidently talking about my work with you guys. And I'm really glad that I'm doing it here because I get to share this with um, students, you know, at my school. So <laughs> the school that I graduated with, you know, um, I think it's crazy how I was I was here two years ago as a student, and now I'm here, you know, as kind of a guest. A on mentor. A po- yeah, of like, yeah, of course. Yeah. A leader. Yeah. 
no but like yes like so much of being of being a leader is like having that confidence and I think that's something that's so important too is like confidence is something that you build like you don't need to be born with confidence and like I don't want to be like oh nobody's born with confidence because I (laughs) would disagree but um I think so much like a lot of people might be kind of discouraged because they don't feel like like a like a leader role is something that they can take or um they might not feel confident in doing that but I think like you were saying it's so important like to have confidence and it's something that like can be built up mm-hmm. like into that role like so it's like <laughs> I keep saying like <laughs> um it's just one of those things that like anyone can be it mm-hmm. because it's it's like a built like you're building the you're building you're consistently building your character and you're you know yeah oh my god I'm rambling no <laughs> le- leadership doesn't honestly just come within the day it comes through really um analyzing yourself like learning about yourself you know yeah you're learning about other people but it's really important to also learn about yourself and so with leadership kind of like you're just saying you really just grow into the role it's not really just something that's i mean some people might have it naturally personally i don't think i had it naturally i think it was more something that i had a passion of maybe one day having right that leadership role but i've I'm still learning to this day. And I think that continuously reminding myself that this is a learning process, no matter how much, how old you get every day, you're learning something new. So that's so great. And this is a little off topic. I just want to not off topic. I was going to say, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being here. And one, Oh, (laughs) wait, I thought you were closing out. Are you closing out? Kind of, but I was also going to say something like, a little, it was a little off topic. Um, yeah. <laughs> that when you replied to our email asking you to be on here, I thought it was the cutest of you because you were like, I'm so honored. Yeah. And I, was, and I could so like, oh, I could already like hear it in your voice. <laughs> and I just wanted to bring that up because it just shows like you are such a great <laughs> presence to be around. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. <laughs> and I, I did want to ask though, like before we, we like officially close out, um, how do you like how would you say that your life has changed for the better since you began like doing this kind of work and and organize and community organizing and being a leader within your community oh wow um for the better honestly it's just growing and i think what i love hearing um is kind of hearing the people around me tell me that they see a difference in me right um it's so it's sometimes so hard because you get into your head and you're like, oh, man, like, I gotta, you know, there's so much to do. And then just kind of just taking that step back. And I'm like, OK, hold up. Yeah, there's so much to do, but you can't do it like diligently if you don't take the steps to take care of yourself. Right. And to really like I want to say mature <laughs> for me, it was more of a maturity thing. Um really being able to talk professionally that's that's a really big thing <laughs> that's a real thing you know and um being around other professionals as well like um has taught me so much and because of them that it's really changed my mindset um on how to see things differently like i've said i've grown up in this environment for quite some time but being actual like you know, head front and everything and being the leader for everybody. Yeah, that that really alters your mindset and it really puts you in this position. You're like, okay, let's work on me 
and let's also work on everybody else. Um, so it's it's changed me for the better, in all honesty. I, I, I Like I said earlier, I just feel so much more happy. Um, a lot of changes have been made in my life, and I know you guys heard me say this earlier, but, like, I'm a huge believer in God, of course. So for me, my religion and my work um, plays a lot of— it, they play with each other, you know what I mean? Like, it, they, it plays its big role because— for me, prayer comes hand in hand with my leadership. And so because of my prayers, I'm able to lead confidently and, um, yeah, just be there for my community. <laughs> I hope that answered your question. No, it did. It did. Yeah. Fine Christian woman. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, Jennifer, thank you so much for being here with us today. It was a pleasure having you. Um, yeah, we yeah. we really appreciate you sitting down with us and you kind of look, just kind of inspiring us and people um, to kind of be a part of their community and and get into community organizing and like even just poten potentially to even be a leader in the future. So, yeah. thank you so much. Of course. <laughs>